What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Ben Grillo. He is a really talented tattoo artist who's been tattooing me now for a couple years. I recently went down to the shop and got my hand tattooed a rendition of the Mercury Dime, the the Liberty Head on the the face of the Mercury Dime. Did about the size of a half dollar. He's he's pretty well known for his single needle and and super micro tattoos. He's done three or four tattoos on me now. And so I went down, got tattooed. We uh, drove out to the compound and sat down for an interview. We talk about a number of things. We talk about weed, drawing, punch dreams, uh, behold a pale horse, the mercury tattoo, Virginia Beach, Huntington Beach, Cassidy's, electrician, tattoos, attention, apprenticeship, tattoo land, tattoo kits, bad tattoos, Jack Rudy, Crows' Pet, Single Needle Tattoos, Face Tattoos, Two Roses, Marriage, Classic Cars, Love and Hate in Scotland, and The Best Times in Milan. Dude is super good. Uh, as always, I post stuff up in the blog so you can get a, a sense of, of some of the work that he does if you go over to uh, MikeMaxwellArt.wordpress. Um and you can see all that stuff. I'll put links to his shop and, and ways to get in contact. We talk about all that stuff in the show. The irony of the of the show with Kinsey um, and the debate over Mercury and then a few days later getting a Mercury head tattooed on my hand. Uh, that irony is not lost on me, just so that's out there in the public realm. Uh, the tattoo holds a, a, a bunch of different symbolic meanings for me, so... It actually has nothing to do with vaccines or mercury poisoning. Um, I just had to get that out there. So, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ben Grillo. And a lot of drugs do that too. Like I, I recently said, uh, it makes you check your your uh, Rolodex of douchebaggery, mm. like all the shit. Like if you've like had some fucked up relationships, or like you like haven't called some person back that you're supposed to, or just yeah. some sort of like just like a little bit of guilt from like being fucking lame and you know it habits of like yeah, uh, I really should call my parents more often, and, you know. <laughs> That's the weed talking to you. It's yeah. trying to fix. It's trying to fix those anxieties. Exactly. But the only way to fix them is to really fucking go over them and internalize that and be self uh, mm-hmm. intuitive. Like yeah, that's funny. That totally uh, would. Uh, that psychedelics would do that too. Even mm-hmm. even worse. Oh yeah. You know, mushrooms do that to me. Like, look at all these choices you these poor choices you're making. You know, to yeah. Do something about it. I haven't tripped out like that in a long time. Yeah, you know, but then again, I haven't gotten that fucking annihilated to that extent. You know, it's like I haven't smoked out of I, I smoked out of a bong once in San Jose with Taki and Shige, only because I was like, I have to smoke weed with Shige. This is the shit. Usually, yeah, I just stick with joints and or pipes or whatever, and keep Good. it kind of mellow. You know, like you should test yourself every now and then. 
Obviously, now isn't the right time. To do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. If I like, had like nowhere to, to be, and... yeah, like if you got a day to yourself, just put yeah. yourself to that test. Because I think, like, it seems like for artists having time to sit and draw, you have that time to be self-reflective. That's well, what I was trying to say. Before. That's yeah, yeah. That's the only time I I'll keep going. You know, I'll smoke a little, draw. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna do you know. But I'm even just just more. the process of just drawing. Yeah. It's similar to that of just smoking weed mm-hmm. because it makes you become self-reflective because you have all that time in your brain. Yeah. You're not focused on anything else. Although right. for me, like that's a quiet time. Like I can actually quiet my brain down. Right. But it's in that, that quieting mode that allows your brain, okay, to go into these other modes where it's yeah. like, I'm going to think about this shit that you have stashed away back here. Yeah. Our dreams do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Our nightmares and shit. When we yeah. have nightmares... That's just our brain saying, hey, fuckhead, you got these anxieties. You need to deal yeah. with this shit. Here's a, here's my shot well, at it. I forgot to wear my gloves when I'm tattooing things. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> the punching, but my arm's not <laughs> yeah. getting anywhere. This fucking guy who ended up getting shot by the FBI. He wrote a, a book called Behold a Pale Horse. Oh, I read that. Yeah. yeah. That's, about, that's about that Oh, dude. really? Yeah. Yeah, and was, even uh, in his book, he said something about, like, if I ever die, like, a blah-de-blah way, it wasn't me, it was mm-hmm. these people after, and he had a picture of his family. Yeah, that was a trippy fucking book. Dude. Yeah, that dude was bonkers, I think, for the most part, but... Yeah, <laughs> but, well, I he mean, had all the alien stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, like, whenever it gets into that, I get a little, uh uh-huh. like, so, I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, some of it was like, oh, really, fuck? And then the alien shit, I was like... I don't know about that. Yeah, I liked all the docu. I liked the way the book was made, like the mm-hmm. way it was like documents and then photos yeah. and then like some writing and stuff. Yeah, let's do this thing. Thank you for coming up and doing the show. Yeah, appreciate no it. We just got done tattooing me. Maybe we could talk about that for a second. Sure. I uh, I got the Liberty head from the Mercury Dime tattooed. What do you think? It's about an inch, inch and a half. That's probably. Uh inch and a half tall and inch wide something like that yeah on my thumb yeah. came out great thank you very much uh, my pleasure where'd you grow up at well i was born back east i moved to huntington beach where back east uh, virginia beach virginia moved to huntington beach in 1984 and um was that with your folks it was with my mom my parents divorced and i Drove across the country with my mom in our Oldsmobile and uh, moved. Well, we stayed at my grandparents' house in Long Beach for like a month till my mom found a place and we moved to 10th Street in Huntington. I think I was nine at that time. It's funny because, like, some of the my fondest memories are from that time, just that year or two years that I lived in Huntington. I don't know why, but I just liked it there a lot. And yeah. uh, and uh, after two years of living there, we moved to Stanton, which is uh, it's a small city in Orange County. It's by Anaheim, Garden Grove. Yeah. And that's where I lived most of my life, I guess, through junior high and high school. And then after high school, I went back back east to Virginia Beach for a, a few years and I hated it, and so I came back here. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have four half-sisters and a half-brother, and they were always, like, kind of in and out of my life because we weren't, like, 
always around each other growing up. I have a half brother who is uh, he's in high school now, so mm-hmm. we're like a whole generation. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, separated. But you know, I still feel that 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 same connection to him as I do like my sister or whatever. Right. It's, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. I used to hang out in Newport Beach. Uh uh-huh, like, Yeah. I was like twenty. 22 or something I there briefly yeah uh, i used to love it i love yeah. it so much like i could i would just i would bounce san diego for mm-hmm. like a week or something or like four days and just go hang out at my buddy's house on the beach you know right. like two blocks from the beach and there's a a bar called cassidy's mm-hmm. do you ever used to go to cassidy's no never went there down towards where like headed towards the pier one of the roads that like splits down there on the peninsula mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they make the best goddamn burgers at that uh-huh. place, but it's just like bar burgers. But yeah. they have like this pepper sauce that they make or put on it oh, or do something cool. to. It's fucking fantastic. And like I would just go there. Like I would drive to Newport tomorrow just to go have burgers and beers. At least I hope it's still there. I don't know. I'm, I'm totally plugging this shit out. <laughs> place not even be there anymore. You're a you're a tattoo artist. Did when did art sort of come into your life? Obviously, we all make things when we're young. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay drawing and and doing those sorts of things did you notice that you were that you had a a specific talent or that you were a little more interested in it than maybe some other people or just into art in general yeah was there something that stuck Uh, out for you that like that helped you move into a creative path for the as an adult you know how most people just give it up yeah well i i've been drawing since i was probably like four years old and I never took it serious. My my dad's an architect, and so he's, you know, an artist in that way, and he still does it the old school way, you know, draws everything by hand. My mom always painted and draws, and, and same thing with my sisters. So I was always around it. I, I never took it serious. I just did it for fun, and I would do, like, just, like, little doodles and sketches. Um, I don't think I drew a complete picture until I was probably 27. Everything was just like, you know, I would draw shit on folders or like, you know, the copy paper at school and I would Mm -hmm. just like trip out and draw stupid shit on there. You know, people would always tell me that I was good at it and like, oh, can you draw me something? And I would just draw shit and give it away. And I never started painting until, I don't think I even started painting until I started tattooing. I think what led me into tattooing was my hatred for my other job that I was doing. <laughs> I was I was an electrician when I lived in Newport. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, at first the job was like whatever, but you know, I couldn't stand waking up in the morning, being around like grumpy ass, like dickheads with, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, fucking hungover. They have their, like, their own issues and they take it out on the... You know, I was just like a helper. I didn't know really that much shit about electrical, but I I just hated that job more and more and more. And my friends, you know, at the time were telling me, dude, you should start tattooing and I'd let you practice on me uh-huh. and whatever. And I'm like, fuck that, dude. I can't do that. <laughs> no way. No way. And I never, ever thought in a million years that I would ever be tattooing. Like if you asked me eight years ago, you think you'll ever tattoo? I'll be like, fuck no. I <laughs> never thought that. But the more I kept thinking about it, they were like planning that in my head, you know? Yeah. And I had a few tattoos, but I never paid attention to any of... Because I wasn't interested in being a tattooer. Uh-huh. 
But then, were, you, were you interested in tattoos at a young age? No. I mean, I would look at them and trip out on the art, but I, you know. You never envisioned yourself having a bunch of tattoos? Either. No, no. I mean, I got... Like, for me, like, I knew probably at, like, 14 or 15 that I was going to have a lot of tattoos. Right, Like, right. I already had it planned out in my head. Yeah. You know, and I'm just I'm just working that out now. Just yeah, Just fulfilling yeah. the prophecy. <laughs> I mean, I got my first tattoo when I was probably 16. It was a cross on my middle finger which is now just went right for the finger covered huh? up oh yeah <laughs> i always call people out like if i see somebody like working at a grocery store and they have virtually no tattoos visible but all of a sudden like a big neck piece or oh, like yeah, yeah. or something big on their hand yeah that's, you know, what, like, that's inland empire you? right there <laughs> well let's see we're pretty inland here now for oh, you yeah, i know you're uh... <laughs> no it's okay so i would say if you had people telling you hey, draw this for me, draw this for me. You probably had a few extra skills. Do you think you just weren't cognitive of it? Like it wasn't that important to you, maybe? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I just didn't, it wasn't like a priority. Like I wasn't thriving to be an artist. Mm -hmm. I just did it for fun. Whatever I felt like drawing, I would draw. Like in school, I would draw waves all fucking day or like little sequences of people skating or or something like that. Uh Or just, you know, when I did a lot of LSD I would draw like trippy drawings and I yeah. still have a, a drawing for yeah those I have one best. of those left nice. it's pretty funny if, if I showed you you that should drawing. show that yeah Don't you, you got no it's not movie. very big but it's you'll see the difference and yeah I just didn't take it serious it was just all for fun and you know people would tell me yeah okay you're a good artist you should do this and what can I do yeah. you know like everything's all about computer graphics or whatever like and i didn't know anybody that was like made money from being an artist like a painter Mm -hmm. right and i didn't know anybody that tattooed except for like my friend doing shit out of his garage on on me right which was 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 sort of lucky for me like i was telling you before i did the the sort of the art assistant job Mm -hmm. and i sort of was just fell into the art world Right. And saw, hey, all these people are doing these same things that I've been doing my whole life. Yeah. And they're getting paid for it. Yeah, yeah. That means if they could do it, I could do it too. <laughs> so I just sponged up all the information that I could right. and then jumped ship. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's swim now, <laughs> you know? All these fucking analogies, I'm just full of them. <laughs> so, but uh, back to that thing, like, for me, like, when I, I noticed that I could draw better than... <sighs> And the crows that came <laughs> flying in. We got crows in the house. Yeah, those pesky uh, and chickens. I think for part of it for me, like especially in like those teen years when I really started to notice it, mm. I strived for that attention more. Right. I think I, I you I, like getting but, complimented on yeah. Stuff and I mean, you... obviously we all do right. to some extent. But I I I really appreciated getting compliments for something that was creative as mm-hmm. opposed to like something else maybe like a like a, a some other specific talent like being good at sports or right or yeah, something yeah. like being able to create something out of nothing yeah and like even now like people who who aren't in the art world or like maybe somebody's a random couple who stumbles into an art gallery and looks at all these paintings like they generally get amazed like yeah. oh my god how did all these things get yeah. made and it's just you that created it it's yeah. not like a team of and there's something like I noticed that at a young age and was mm-hmm. like, ooh, I like that. It was like, uh, yeah. like a rush almost. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. 
at the same time, I had a whole bunch of like personal things mm -hmm. and the, what have built up as, as the reason for yeah. doing these works. But I think around that age, like that yeah. showed. I think, and I wonder how often it shows with creative people. Like, yeah. If they, how, or how long it takes to notice. Right. You know, or perceive or work with those things and move forward. Notice that they could do something with that. But like you said, like if you don't know that you can make money doing it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Because we all yeah. got to make them pay our bills and shit. We're just going to go. Right. It seems like we're supposed to just go get a job and then. Yeah, exactly. You know, get into fucking middle America scene and yeah. you know, buy a house and settle down and yeah, get two and a half exactly. kids and do that whole fucking routine. And my parents never, like, they were pretty against the whole, like, tattoo thing anyway. So it was just sort of out of the question for me. Not that I was like listening to what my parents were telling me yeah, you anyway got a 16, right? <laughs> right and continuing to do bad things but i just i don't know i just never it never occurred to me that i could do that yeah i guess well then how did it how did it occur well after people were telling me that i should and that i would be good at it i started looking into it and asking tattooers how do you get into this and you know they kind of broke it down to me like the different ways either you're going to get an apprenticeship you're going to get tattooed at a shop and you know uh befriend certain tattooers and maybe they'll ask you if you want to apprentice or something so i was getting tattooed more and trying to do like nice drawings you know build up like a portfolio to show my work and it wasn't working I went to shops all over the place and they're like, no, we don't do apprenticeships or whatever. And I remember specifically going to Tattoo Land because my friend was getting tattooed by one of the guys there. And I asked uh, one of the guys, uh, do you do apprenticeships here? And he's like, no, nah, no, we don't do apprenticeships. We just, ha we have, you know, established tattoo artists, you know, that have a name for themselves working here, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, and then it's funny because like two and a half years later, I'm working there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just vindication, right? Right. That, that, and that says something for you too, to be able to, to make that leap in such a, such a quick mm. amount of time. Yeah. Right? That's pretty mind blowing. Like for me, you I feel just, a lot of pressure. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was super nervous when I started working there. But okay, well let's let's jump back before we get ahead of okay. ourselves. So, did you get an apprenticeship? No, I I I did what every uh, tattooer absolutely hates is uh, you know you get the the kitchen wizard uh, scratcher guy fucking getting the kit. And yeah, I heard there's a, a smoke shop in Santee that sells a kit. Oh, dude, there's probably shop. a lot of them. Well, they sell supplies like to anybody. I think I'm like. OB or something. There's like some shop and Scary. you can buy like all kinds of shit. There's one in Santa Ana too. I saw, you know, they have like uh, all the supplies and it's a smoke shop. And then they have like all the 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 LA ink like gear and whatever uh, posters and shit like that. It's insane. But yeah, it's it's out of control. And I I started the wrong way, but it led me to where I am now and. I, I guess in a way I can say it's, I wouldn't change it because maybe things would be different and I mm -hmm. wouldn't have landed that spot at Tattoo Land and, yeah. and then just led me to the people I know now. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. It was the wrong way of doing it, but whatever. It's So, how did you learn how to use the machine? My leg. <laughs> I tattooed my leg and my some of my roommates and my friends and and I kind of went overboard. Like I, I started with something small on my friend, and then it's like boom, went straight to like a big piece on his arm. Yeah. And uh, now when I look at it, I just want to throw up. Did that stuff, and it wasn't bad for like a first or second tattoo, you know. But um, after about four months of tattooing out of the house, I I was getting ready to tattoo my roommate, and um, you know I had to hand trace the stencil. And it was like pretty um, uh, elaborate thing. Yeah. And I put it on his arm and peeled off and it ripped and it was crooked. And I told him, I I can't, uh, I'm not going to trace that again. See, it, Take it to a shop and see if they'll run it through the Thermofax thing. And, and he's like, all right. So he went to a couple of places. They're like, no, no, fuck that. Yeah. And then he went to this one <laughs> shady like uh, um, street shop in Westminster and they did it, and they said, well, what is this for? Like, who's tattooing you? Oh, my roommate. Well, and he showed him, like, oh, he did this and this on me already. And, like, well, does he want to work at a shop? Yeah. Well, bring him in. Tell him to come in and talk to us. Bring in some drawings and shit or pictures of tattoos. So that's where I got my first uh, job. Went in, talked to the guy, and he hired me right away. I started like he he called it a uh, what did he say a accelerated apprenticeship where I stood <laughs> back and watched them tattoo for a couple days yeah. and then I just jumped right in. <laughs> but I mean, you already you obviously had already tattooed a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I did. And so did you just start doing like like walk-in yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, it was walk-ins and I was doing uh just a lot of stuff off the wall and like a, a lot of lettering. The first tattoo I did I remember it was an outline on across some guy's back, top of his shoulders. Of I don't remember what it said, but it was just the outline, and I was a fucking nervous wreck. I was like fumbling, knocking <laughs> shit over. It probably took me four hours to outline it, and yeah, like I know the guy knew that I was just starting out. Yeah, like he could sense it, and. You know, I tried to play it off. Oh, I've been tattooing a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you only knew. I tattooed um, this black woman, really dark skinned black woman, and she used to come in. She got like her makeup done in the tattoo shop that I had apprenticed oh. in, and she was just a pain in the ass to everybody. Nobody wanted to deal with her. Right. So I had just got done with my apprenticeship and had done like one little like silhouette tattoo thing yeah. and a mi vida loca. Right. And they're like, all right, you're doing this tattoo. And it was a huge tribal design oh. across her lower back. And nobody liked her because she jumped around all over the place and screamed right. and moaned and made a big fucking scene. I've had a few And I put the, the stencil on her, and I couldn't see it. I couldn't see you the purple line. You have to look line. for the reflection. That's, it turned to gold, and I could barely... I could mostly see it but you know when you're first starting out you get the ink all over the place oh, yeah. you know i wiped into the stencil oh. probably wiped stencil out and i could only see what i had done based on the way her skin raised oh <laughs> so i was looking at the tattoo based on you know the level of skin right not necessarily how much ink was filled in there like oh, it was man. really close it, it i would 
I would pay fifteen dollars to see it today, just to, <laughs> <laughs> just to get a just to get a view, see what oh, it's fucking like. So then you get into to Tattoo Land. Yeah. And who do you start working with over there? What's uh, um, what's the scene like? Well, it was it was very cool. I I was getting to work with just like insanely good artists. There was a uh, little Chewy. Um, Jack Rudy, of course, uh, Chris Brand, Antonio, Stan Corona, Lil Roy, Brandy. There, there's a lot of guys working there, and everybody, I learned a lot of stuff from those guys. The, um, like, I had never touched Single Needle before that, and I, I started doing a lot of black and gray there, and those dudes were just doing, like, phenomenal stuff. And the guy that got me the job there was, um, Brian, um, aka Mr. Lucky, who I had been getting tattooed by, like from the time I started tattooing till that time, uh-huh. I'd been getting tattooed, and that's why he gave me the job. He saw me progressing, getting better and better, and then he wasn't tattooing as much, and he had to stop tattooing to do this art project thing, and so you know he got me the job there, and um, but yeah, it was. It was a lot of pressure being around like such great artists because it went from street shop that nobody knows about doing shit off the wall to like world class like OGs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You, there was a lot of pressure. Yeah, and how old are you around then? Well, I started tattooing when I was twenty nine, and so well, that's got... interesting. Now we while we were while I was getting tattooed, you weren't getting tattooed. Mm-hmm. You were just tattooing. We were talking about um, painting and other forms of art and how you said, like, starting late is, mm-hmm. uh, like, a fear that a lot of us have to, like, try to do something new. It seems like we're yeah. way behind the game. Yeah. If you were to tell me, like, how old you should be to to get it into the tattoo world, mm-hmm. I would say young 20s. Based on perception, I'd be like, that's way behind the game. Oh, like, it is. In terms of, like, that conversation that we were having. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is, but I, I hadn't... I. Honestly, had no. If I knew more about tattooing, I probably would have been more fearful of getting into it. Uh-huh. Uh, knowing like uh, the things I know now, like uh, how great certain tattooers were, and just the level of yeah. how how. Well, just uh, in that you've, I I don't obviously I don't know what the beginning work looked like, but <laughs> over in terms of the amount of time, your progression has got to be really fucking fast, especially if. You know, you were tattooing two years, and then all of a sudden you get into that shop. Yeah. You know, obviously there was work behind it, but do you find, like, you sort of uh, pick things up real quick? Are you good um, at most of the things you do? Yeah, usually I can pick stuff up pretty quick. Yeah, I would, I would say you're so. well ahead of the curve in terms of the quality of tattoo that you make, in terms of the amount of years that you've been working. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're... In hyperspeed a little bit. I think I've picked it up quicker than some people. Like, you I, you mentioned Single Needle. Uh-huh. And there, there's very few people, at least in my peripheral view, mm-hmm. that work in that manner. Right, yeah. Um, and in such a, a clean a clean version of that, too, that isn't just messy. Right. Which I think happens a lot with... I think what, what oh, makes yeah. a lot of people fearful, right? Yeah, is, and it's, it's difficult to work for, with because... Yeah, it's it's easy to fuck it up, um, and then not only that, but you're also working really, really, really small. Yeah, like the ability you have to to make a small tattoo, a lot of people don't have that capability because there a lot of tattooers that I know or have have seen 
like there's a, a thickness of line that they don't want to deviate from, right. yeah. which is, uh, you know, with something that somebody's comfortable with. Right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and basically, if you try to shrink anything too small, it turns into a mess because they have to keep that, that mm-hmm. line weight quality. Right, yeah. You know? The ability to use a single needle allows you to do some things that not a lot of people are able yeah. to do. And for instance, like, you did my fingers, my knuckles, and I wouldn't have had anybody else do this. Like, right. the, I wouldn't, even, like, somebody as good as Mike Giant, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have asked him to do this. Right. Because it's, like, not the line weight yeah. that, he, that he works in. I know what it is, and, you know, I typically will try to make my tattoos fit the tattooer who's yeah, doing them. Exactly. Obviously, you yeah, exactly, Like, to get the best tattoo. Right. Which is a good idea for anyone listening out there who wants yeah. to There's know how to get There's tattooers tattoo. that specialize in certain... But, um, styles. so you, your, your ability to, to, for instance, there's a little wing on this thing that has a bunch of little fucking tiny lines that I don't think mm-hmm. anybody else that I know would be able to do it. Yeah. At least not that clean. Yeah. You know, and it's, have it heal the same. It's just, uh, you know, I've done so many now. I figured out like, um, you know, there's a lot of trial and error, obviously, you know, what's going to work, what's not going to work, mm-hmm. where it's going to work. What kind of skin, like, you obviously don't want to do that type of thing on on calloused skin. Um, but I have sweet little baby artist hands. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, Except not a for my, nub, or, my pencil nub. Right. Or, or my mountain on my... <laughs> yeah, pencil mountain finger. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you think maybe part of your sort of abilities that you have that sort of separate you from other guys, like... Maybe it was from like that not getting into the system the way that you're supposed to, like probably sort because of some if of I, those your own paths. Yeah, well, yeah, because most everyone I know that's apprenticed, they were told you know bold outlines, you know dark black, you know for for the shading and and um, you know it has to last a long time, you know by doing it that way and. Uh-huh. Uh, nobody would say, okay, now here's in, there, here's the part of your apprenticeship where you're going to learn how to do single needle and and micro tattoos or whatever <laughs> you want to call them. It just doesn't happen. It was definitely... And working at Tattoo Land was a big part of it because those guys were doing single needle and they were doing shit that was blowing my mind. Uh-huh. Uh, like little tiny stuff. Like Jack Rudy has been doing that for years and years. He doesn't do it. He doesn't, I wouldn't say specialize in small tattoos, but he can do a tattoo of a girl with a tattoo on her arm, and you can see exactly what it is. It's it's basically a micro tattoo. Right. You know, Just he'll do, on something yeah, else, he'll yeah. do stuff like that, and it's like, well, fuck, it can be done. That's what opened my eyes to that. I don't recall... Well, no, I do recall the first time I did a small tattoo. And it, it started out as being sort of a joke. But it just sort of opened the floodgates to other ones. Yeah, I think the first the first set of small tattoos that I've seen of yours was the Mexican dude or the Indian dude who has the, the Jesus and the Virgin Mary, the Marcos... Yeah. And the, uh, is Zapatista on there too? Mm -hmm. Zapata? Yeah, yeah. And Pepe Le Pew? Yeah. Yeah. Betty Boop and and some Aztec stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. And when I saw that, when I saw the portraits on the lower set of knuckles, Mm -hmm. like that's when I knew that, like, you're different than a lot of other tattoo artists. (laughs) And I could tell, like, because in the photo, 
there's new ones on there that are just done that you could tell are new. Right. But you could tell that, that Jesus and the Virgin oh, yeah. Mary are healed. Yeah. And that they look pretty close to, you know, mm-hmm. if not almost exactly besides the brightness of the white. Right, right. And the brand yeah. new ones that they're really close. Like, I I was like, holy shit. Like, that blew my mind right away. And most people, like, if I show people your work, like, that's like my go-to yeah. one. That yeah, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Homegirl that got the heart on her fucking cheek? Yeah. Yeah, that was a cover-up. She had, like, just an outline of, like, a real simple, like, cartoon heart in, like, red or something. <laughs> no. And then I covered up with a big old, well, not big, but, you know, like, was it like a quarter size or something? Yeah. Like anatomically correct heart on her face. <laughs> yeah. I've got all the work that you've done on me is black and gray, but I've, you've also can do little tiny color pieces, too. Like, yeah. Like, I saw a sailboat recently. Yeah. Right, that was, although a little bit larger than small, but still yeah. for the amount of detail that was in it, right? You know, like the sails and the yeah. ropes and all that shit. Yeah, a lot of your stuff you've been getting into, like some more photorealism stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like there's been some dog portraits, right? That I've noticed that have been, especially the uh, the one on the inside of the arm. Yeah, um, that's on your site, and I'll post stuff. I do a blog for each person that's mm-hmm. a guest on the show, right? So you can go on the blog and see pictures of all this stuff that we'll be talking about. Cool, cool. Be able to make a make a connection. Um, let's talk about uh, where you're at now. Like, if uh, if people were interested in getting tattooed by you, well, right now I'm. I stay very busy. Like, I work at Two Roses in San Diego. Um, and uh, I'm booked out pretty far, uh, and I'm doing a lot of traveling for like the next six months. So unless it's something really small, probably not going to have any uh, new appointments pop up. But um, after like July or August, I'm going to uh, kind of start working with a new system of only staying booked out like a month and a half to two months. So it's not such a dramatic weight you know like six months and yeah you know it's kind of stupid but yeah the best way to contact me is like through my email or something which is posted on my facebook or you can call it at the shop i usually won't take phone calls at the shop because i'm tattooing but they'll give you my email if you call the shop um and sometimes i'll make exceptions to you know get people in if it's something you know like oh, i'm going to afghanistan and <laughs> yeah. so, you know what i mean and, and if well, i have the time i will yeah you we're know. going like hawaii <laughs> no going to hawaii go fuck yourself tattoo. buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think I, I i typically tell people like if if anyone asks about like what it takes to get an appointment or something i what i've been doing recently is after we you tattoo me i just get another appointment yeah like yeah. set another one for another yeah six months down the road and then it, right. it just pops up and I, oh shit yeah you get to get yeah, tattooed this month before you know it yeah yeah um and then that gives i think it's kind of good sometimes to make people wait a while yeah you know like for me like i i know all my tattoos for a, a good amount of time before yeah. i get them but sometimes it's good to make people wait it out like people would just want to jump right into well yeah it's like for instance i have cousins who come in uh-huh. from like from the east coast and they're like oh we're in san diego we should get tattooed they're like i want to get tattooed today okay great everyone that i get tattooed by i wait like three to six yeah, months before before i do happen. it right i had my hand up as the fake phone for that no one saw that <laughs> and then I'm, I'm i'm always like scrambling like trying to 
get them a spot somewhere, right, yeah, like yeah. calling in favors, and then I'm <laughs> fucked when I really need a favor for myself. You got married this year, right? Yeah, last June. Congratulations. Thank you. My uh, ring finger's a little heavier. So <laughs> Does it, was... it mess with your tattoo? Do you have a... No, when my hand when I'm washing my hands, you have my a heart hand on comes there? off. Oh no, I thought it's maybe a, you had a heart. No, it's a I've got a swallow uh, tattooed on that finger. It's probably the best looking tattoo on my fingers, and now it's covered with a ring. <laughs> Blasted marriage. <laughs> Speaking of, you got a, a fish on your on your hand as well. You're you're big into uh, deep sea fishing, right? Oh yeah. Or do you all do do all kinds of different fishing? Uh, it's mostly saltwater uh, fishing, you know, like fishing off the kelp in La Jolla, fishing for tuna, like you know, that type of thing. Have you been doing that all your life? Um, off and on. I fished when I was younger, for a long time, and then like during my high school years, and then like just out of high school, I I didn't fish for for a long time, and then I got back into it, like heavily, like probably five years ago. Now I'm like tattooing a bunch of the boat captains and and guys. So you know we'll do trade offs and giving them tattoos and they're nice. giving me fishing rods, fishing reels, all kinds of crazy. What, uh, you're uh, you're also into the, the car culture, right? Yeah, you're just, I like you're getting a, a new car. You well, an old I've, car. I've together. had this old car for like three and a half years, and it's been getting work done to it for like three years. So. Uh, it should be done real soon, and I've had several cars before this one, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm, like, into that scene. Like, I'm by no means, like, rockabilly guy with, you know. The, yeah, yeah. But I like old cars. Yeah, I've always been into old cars. My mom had old cars. Her her uh, boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, had, um, that guy's got several cars, and i he still has them. He's like the car hoarder, you know. He's got like sick shit at, yeah. at his house. But do you know how to work? Do you are mechanically inclined? Not really, no. But I, I even if I was, I wouldn't even have the time. I, yeah, right, the car, right. uh, the car that I had about four years ago, I it was like me and my buddy were trying to do the work ourselves. And it took forever to do, like, just a little bit of shit. Yeah. And uh, I ended up selling that one. And um, I, I was just like, I can't. If I get something else, either it's going to be something that's done or someone else is going to work on it because right. I just don't have that kind of time to fuck yeah. with it. I don't, I'd love to have an old car. Like, we always, I drive a fucking Honda Civic 2010 <laughs> <Right>? shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we always see old cars or, like, old low-rider trucks drive right. by, like, I could totally see me in that. Oh, yeah. But I'm rolling in my fucking Honda Civic. Yeah, it's... It, there's nothing like a... There's a... It's a good feeling, like, the, the smell of the the gas and, and just that old car smell mm-hmm. and then the looks you get when you're driving yeah. it and the sound and everything. It's, the whole, it's awesome. the whole thing, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then within... Then getting a... a, a to be a part of another culture too mm-hmm. is always yeah. interesting to yeah. find a bunch of people who have similar tastes oh, as yeah. you or it's like fun. You can just sit there yeah and... get involved in some of the same yeah. circles or whatever yeah. you're going to scotland coming up you said you're doing some traveling right yeah doing a lot of traveling like the next six months going to scotland and you went six... when did you went there last year yeah i went there twice uh to edinburgh um love hate tattoo a guy named paul brock uh brought me out there um, thanks to, uh, Luke Westman over at Lucky's Tattoo, he was working there and he told Paul about me and Paul hooked it up and I started going out there. It was, 
mind blowing. I had no yeah. idea. I didn't really know much about Scotland, and when I got there, it just I was my jaw dropped. It's it the motherland, insane. right? You're oh, Scottish. God. No, I'm I'm not Scottish. I've got uh, English blood in me, Italian, obviously, with the uh, last name, and you know a little bit of some other shit. I don't know. Maybe there are, there is some Scottish blood. I don't know. Yeah, but, we're um, all a bunch of mugs. Yeah. yeah if you go mean. far enough down the line, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Yep. But I am gonna go to Milan. Also, there's the Milan convention. Um, so that's going to be part of the trip. We're going nice. to go to Scotland, and then we're going to go from there to Milan. Have you ever been to Italy? No. So the, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. So yeah, that's exciting. That'll be, uh, yeah. Um, so doing that, and then... Do you know where you're going to be working? Or you're just going to do the uh, the convention? Or are you mm-hmm. doing anything else while you're out there? Yeah. Well, I'm going to do the convention this time under the Love Hate shop. Okay, yeah. But in um, July, I'm going to go back to just to Milan for two weeks to guest spot at a shop called Best of Times. Um, those guys are, their traditional tattoos are fucking insane. This guy, uh, Stefano's like, I love his stuff. It's very like 1930s, 40s style, but clean. Do you think some of that like Renaissance, like that, that art history that comes out of that, that, zone that like region like transfers over like evolves through the cultures like even into tattooing like that renaissance like yeah with certain artists yeah some some artists like absorb it more than you know like it's more like a part of their culture yeah in in some ways i guess yeah you know heritage wise maybe right you know like maybe there's some sort of pride like like we we're such a young country we don't really have a lot of pride right pride for our artists we so just like the, our uh, Olympic team. Rebel flags. Fuck, and... yeah. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. I wonder how... I don't know if it does or not, but it'd be it'd be interesting to see if any of that sort of yeah. stuff rolls over in a culture well, like that. Yeah. Or like South out? American tattooing or something, you know, yeah, like yeah. from different regions. Now yeah. that it's such a an acceptable form of, of work, yeah. you know, and even as an art form, you know? Well, it's funny, like, I've had a lot of people from Italy hitting me up to get tattooed when I go out there and they want a lot of Mexican style stuff like <laughs> or Day of the Dead skulls uh, and stuff like that so it's weird they're like taken in that style over yeah, there. How funny is that because it's sort of like the imposed Catholicism on mm. the South America. Right. You know? <laughs> yep. Not like it was, it was more of the Spaniards but I mean yeah. at the same time it came right out of fucking yep. the Vatican. <laughs> Cocksuckers. Yeah. Boycott <laughs> or whatever. Uh, you're a dog guy, right? Oh yeah. Puppy. Love my dogs. You got you got some dog tattoos too. I've got two. I've got uh the lunatic, the black chihuahua on my arm, making the crazy face. This is actually from a photo I took of her wearing a nice. cowboy hat. The, the the original photo is hilarious. <laughs> is you that why the dog's pissed? Because yeah. he has a cowboy hat. <laughs> probably and i it was i don't dress my dogs up yeah. it's not it, it was just like except for total... that one time right <laughs> right uh, uh but um yeah i love all kinds of animals and stuff and you have I more like... pets no i just have those i mean three chihuahuas in a one-bedroom apartment that's like plenty of pretty pet. gnarly but if i had a big place i'd probably have like a dog farm or something you know like i, I would have more pets i've I've had crows i've had other kinds of birds 
you know, my family's had cats and we've had other stuff yeah. throughout my life. You don't have a big fish tank? No, but I really want to get like a saltwater tank yeah. and like catch like some oh, little calico bass and throw it, it in there. Yeah, you know that was what I wanted to bring up. Like, there's something like I I don't know how to fish. Like, I could probably I've caught fish before and I've mm. like just gone to like lakes and fish and caught fish before. Like, yeah. But there's something like there's that skill to be able to know like how fish work and to be able to feed yourself. Oh yeah. Just being able to have, you know, get yourself some bait and a hook in line, yeah. you could survive. Yeah. You know, you know how fish yeah, yeah. work. They, you could probably survive anywhere where fish exist. Right. right. I think there's something uh, important about being able to do that. Like, yeah. especially lately, like, I feel like I've been getting in shape, uh-huh. like, physically as a way to prepare for, like, if this earth gets a little fucking wild and, like, <laughs> we might, like, like... Like, I got the fucking U.S. Army survival book right. on my live ass. Off, live off the land. Yeah, like, I'm reading... The, it's so stupid. I'm reading this book on my fucking... My phone, my touchscreen. Which I told my... Like, I told my sister. I was like, oh, I got the U.S. fucking survival guide. It's on my phone. She's like, what the fuck are you going to do with it on your phone when you're <laughs> stuck out somewhere? But I'm trying to read it and memorize right, right. What, I, what I need from it. So when the end of the world... But I really got it. I really got it. I could be a... A mighty good fisherman, I'm sure, but I always forget how to tie the knots. Right. That's my biggest flaw. Well, it's just a repetitive <clears throat> thing. You have to, or maybe someone showed you like a difficult knot, but there's some really easy ones. If you if you did it ten times, yeah, in a row, I just make remember. one mistake out of like the ten step process. I'll do one step wrong, and right. then I'll pull the hook, and then just yeah, unravel. there's some really easy ones. Someone was probably showing you like some crazy knot or something. But. I just don't remember. Yeah, that's my problem too with playing guitar. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the chords, yeah. like, and I, I specifically don't remember what any of them are called. Like, yeah. what, they're, what their well, letter it, is. It's all about doing it, like practicing every day. Because mm-hmm. I, I played guitar for a long time, and then I stopped, and then when I went back to it, I couldn't remember shit. But yeah. then once I was showed, you pick it up quick. Yeah, I mean, again. I have ones that I know. Yeah, but if you said what chord is that. I wouldn't know yeah. what it. I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'd yeah. be like, it's this one that does this. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like that. Oh yeah, I'm you know what I mean. Right. Like I, I just the names shit. of them. You would say that people could email you. Yeah, they could email me. My email is bgtattoo seventy four at hotmail dot com, and then I've got a Facebook page. It's just under. You could just type in Ben uh, Grio G R I L L O, and uh, it'll come up, and then. Um, and I'll put that. All those links will be in the in the blog cool. as well. But I don't answer how much will this tattoo cost questions in my fucking message box. Let's um, <laughs> let's give a let's do a public service announcement for yeah. what what a good person to get tattooed like what the process is for them. Let's let's say somebody's never got tattooed, and even people who have got to got tattooed before still make a lot of fucking oh, yeah. lame mistakes. Yeah, and it drives us crazy. So this is the way you do it. You research uh, a tattooer. Think of what you want and what style. Uh, you know, if somebody does traditional and that's what you want to get, you don't go to, like, a black and gray guy to get that done. So you look at who does what style. Call the shop and ask, how do I make an appointment with so-and-so? 
Um, and then just go from there because different tattooers have different ways. Some do it by their own personal email. Some have like personal uh, or like assistants at the shop that deal with the whole thing. Some make you come into the shop, but the first step is research, see who's right for the job and then call the shop and, and find out. For me, like I always tell people, cause I get, it's amazing how many people come to me and say, Hey, will you draw my tattoo for me? Oh yeah. And I tell people, I, I say, here's what you need to do. Find a tattoo, figure out what you want. Yeah. Find a tattoo artist that fits the style of the thing that you want. Correct. Get to know them, you know, yeah. build a rapport, build a relationship yeah. and work it out. Then have them draw what you want to get. Right. Don't, you don't need to bring them, you know, it's good to bring references so you know what you want. So yeah. the tattooer knows what you want. But don't, like, don't ask another artist to draw something and then have another artist draw that or have them tattoo yeah. that. Because it's clear that the line is going to be totally different. Like, yeah. everyone everyone's, has, like, their own thumbprint. Right. Even if you're, not to say that people can't replicate things, but even in those replications, there's something different that is unmistakable yeah. for a person's hand. And then also, if you go, if you ask someone that's just a painter to design their tattoo, they're going to design something that's right for a painting, and then you're going to take it to a tattooer, and the tattooer's going to say, this isn't going to work as a tattoo. All these lines are, are close together that's not going to look right it's not going to fit in that spot that you want it's just better you can get a rough idea and get a sketch like but let the artist the tattoo artist unless it's a portrait of something and then you know even then you still have to like make sure that the artist is gonna you know before you have somebody draw up your your thing make sure that the, the artist can even will do it you yeah. know like i've had a ton of people ask me how come i don't have any of my own art tattooed on me like where is your drawings on you and i'm like, like well i'd be I in my living room <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly cocksuckers buy yeah. some shit um and then let's see what else is a is a common mistake i think a lot of people will want to get a hundred tattoos in one. Oh yeah you know yeah this one represents this this represents that this one's for the and it's like a there was a clusterfuck of different little things yeah all that just that makes try to get no fucking sense when you look at it yeah so let's say simplify simplify yeah um you want stuff to flow uh if you just have like this blob of shit right in the middle of your arm and it's just a I don't know. It just doesn't look right. Right. You know, it just looks like a blob of shit. But another thing that I've I've noticed a lot lately is a lot of young people really hurrying to get sleeves. Oh yeah. Too. You know, and don't be in such a rush just to fill up your arm. Yeah. Because I mean, I've been I've been getting tattooed for ten plus years now, and like even like my ideas that are only ten years old, like some of them seem silly. Oh yeah. Even though all my tattoos are important to me, and they all have. For me, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like a a memory map. Yeah, yeah. it allows me to, to not front on myself and pretend like I was cooler than I actually was. Like, (laughs) here's what you were. This fucking mark on your skin tells you, stupid. You can't, I can't front on it. I got to keep it real, you know? (laughs) Like, there's, I can't lie to myself. Because if I do, all I do is look down and be like, God. I saw that tribal armband. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, they're not too bad. I mean, I do have Andre the Giant on my fucking arm, but. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that one. Yeah. You haven't um, seen my dragon on my arm up here. Fuck yeah. 
<laughs> so don't don't be in a rush. Yeah, you got plenty of time. You have your whole life, and the tattoo is for the rest of your life. It's not about how soon. Oh fuck, I'm gonna die if I don't get it this week. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Like I was talking to a kid the other day, and he was actually pretty cool about it. Surprisingly, you know, I said like, yeah, I can't tattoo you till probably August, and he was going away to school or something in a week, and. uh you know, I, I explained to him he was totally cool with waiting that long, which is almost unheard of with, like, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. You know, they have yeah. to get their shit done now, and if you can't do it, go they're going to the go down the street to yeah. someone. Even if it's not what they wanted, you know, at least I'll have my tattoo on me now. Yeah. I kind of I get that mentality a little bit. I remember, like, I, I could see that being young and doing that. Mm-hmm. It makes sense well, a I, little bit. I did it. Uh, myself, you know, when I was like, I don't remember, 20, 21, whatever, I, I got stuff and I had to have it now. And I did I didn't, do that. I have it, one, t- I have one yeah. tattoo that is that and I don't yeah. even talk about it. <laughs> but it didn't even like occur to me that there were good and there was bad tattooers. There yeah. was just tattooers. Yeah. And if they worked at a shop, they must be good. <laughs> yeah. But They're that's definitely not the case. Yeah. So... And with the amount of information that's out there now for young people getting into tattooing or, or even, like, old people that are interested in getting tattooed, it's so easy to research the people now. Yeah. Like, when, before the, the internet, you know, yeah. like, you had to be going into shop after shop and right. looking at book after book and exactly. hunting people down or, you know, see somebody with a tattoo yeah. and say, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Now, it's so, it's so easy that if you're... If you're that lazy, you kind of deserve to have a bad tattoo, maybe. That's what I think, too. <laughs> On that people. note, I think that's a good spot to uh, to end with the podcast. We got about an hour. You feel good? Cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you for doing the show. I'm going to dap because I can't you. shake hands now because right. typically I would shake your hand, but I have a new tattoo on my hand. So Don't pee on your hand either. <laughs> I already did. Fuck. There's a steel train coming through. I would take it if I could And I would not lie to you Because Sunday morning soon will come When things would be much easier to say Upon the microphone like a boss DJ But I won't walk up upon the sea Like it was driving